Put your hands in the fucking air! Welcome to the latest episode of the Nickel City Soundtrack Podcast. We talked to Doi Ramon from Pure Heel. <laughs> yeah, we dig deep in how they got to where they're at and their new record that's coming out, which may actually be out at this point. And uh, we talk about how they're like our favorite band from Buffalo currently. Because they are. Totally. Check it out. Today we have Eric. Eric, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Eric. I'm Eric Browski. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he sings for Pure Heel, and uh, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive on Pure Heel so that all of you know about Pure Heel. What's your Pure Heel code name? Doey Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's this Pure Heel code name thing? I don't know about this. All right. So basically, here's the background of the code name. Uh, Jay and I would be kind of like in the back hanging out before a show, and we were just thinking of just funny things. I remember, I think this is how the first one went. I was pretty sweaty loading gear in, and um, I think Pearl Jam was playing, and you know, I started doing the Pearl Jam thing, and he called me sweaty better. <laughs> and that was pretty good so that was one of them later down the road uh him and i would ride bikes every single day i'd wear a bike cap and if you guys are familiar with the bike cap you got the little kind of mm-hmm. front of it and then he started calling me thick nielsen so... <laughs> and then huh. I, don't know, I i i had to think of my own a little bit so uh Obviously, Doey Ramon ended up coming around. Obviously, our huge fan of the Ramon. So I kind of had this this side gig where I was I was Doey Ramon on stage because every good wrestler has their persona, if you will, you know. So yeah, I totally. Doey Ramon and uh, we did this new record, and we all just kind of wanted to have a name, you know, our own little alias. So uh, everyone kind of jumpsuit uh, Jay went with Captain Annoying and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Joey Simmon, he's the mangler. Uh, Jesse, he's the claw. And I think Rob's the boy cause he's the youngest in the band. So, uh, he's the boy wonder, but yeah, that's kind of where that all came about. It was pretty much just Jay making fun of me nonstop. <laughs> and for people who don't know, that would be Jay Galvin of, let me run down the list here. Uh, That's Slugfest, uh, Bleed for Me, um, Pissing Match, obviously Pure Heel. I feel like I'm missing about 30 other bands. Uh, face the Panic. Oh, Face the Panic. How could I forget that? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was in Rhinoceros and the Chosen Ones there for a little bit, yeah. too. Uh, he filled in for a few days and fade away. Um, oh, against all hope. Yeah. So many. 
they used to call Phil Popielski Phil from every band. I think that Jay is now taking that title, like Jay from every band. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, uh, any notable band in the past 25 years, chances are he was somehow associated with it. Yeah. He was That's even why- like, he, he filled in for terror for a couple of days too. Like he's seriously been like his, his dirty little mitts have been all over everything. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. It helps. Yeah. So, right, so go ahead, Mark. Uh, do you want to do talk about the beginnings of Pure Heel? How that how it all came about? Yeah. Get into that. Uh, yeah. So to really talk about that, you got to kind of talk about pissing match because without pissing match, Pure Heel probably never would have existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it started off. Pretty much every story just ends up with me and Jay. So <laughs> Jay and I will start him and I were working at a tattoo shop together. Uh, that's when we really started getting to know each other. We were working right next to each other. Uh, this is right around when pissing match was kind of first going. And, uh, you know, he knew I was kind of just like a hardcore kid. So we would just talk about that. And, uh, it kind of led into him being like, Hey man, you want to go on the road with us? We make our own schedule. You know, you can sell merch and it'll be an opportunity to go see some cool bands and you know, whatever. And, uh, I jumped on it. You know, I had nothing going on. I was like, hell yeah, I'll merch. I don't care. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, basically what they got out of me was, you know, me going to every gig with them merching for a pissing match. And I kind of became my empire in a way because I was like ordering their merch like doing all of the money for them, taking care of all the money that they make at the shows and basically managing this band. And the way Jay puts it is I was basically doing all this for no glory. And uh, basically what happened was Aaron Adkins, the guitar player of Pissing Match, moved away. He was living in Syracuse and uh, Pissing Match was kind of slowing down. Uh, You know, Joe V had an art kid. And uh, the way Jay puts it is he didn't want to lose lose Rob as a drummer. So they started doing a side project. Um, Jay had a bunch of songs that he kind of wanted to do that he was sitting on for a while. He showed them to Rob. They played them. He didn't really know what he wanted to do with them. So he he sat on them. And then, again, the way he puts it, he just kind of looked at me one day and asked if I wanted to try singing over these songs that he showed me <clears throat> now mind you i had never sung in a band before i had played in bands previously none to which have really or any say you know what i mean no one would really know them uh so i didn't really have much experience so jay showed me these songs i wrote some lyrics and um we went down to the practice space and i essentially just screamed in a play uh the practice space and you know did what ended up being the pure heel demo um, basically, you know, at first it was just Jay, uh, Rob, the drummer and myself, and it was a three piece. And we were just kind of playing these five songs that we had. It was something to do, you know, uh, it, it was fun. We were meeting up every week. Um, pissing match at the time was still touring and going and doing shows. Um, I remember, uh, we went to Massachusetts and did like a little Massachusetts, Rhode Island tour. And uh, we played this weird house in the middle of nowhere, Belchertown, Massachusetts. It's some little punk house and pissing match played. And there was a ton of kids there. 
and like basically the music ended and people didn't want to go and i looked at the kid i'm like uh you know uh, we got like five songs if you want us to play so that was the fear the first pure heel show the three of us just played to like a house full of like you know backwoods punk kids uh fast forward a little bit you know jay and i are talking about maybe taking it more seriously trying to figure out who maybe could play bass and uh i suggested joe simmon he's been one of my friends for years and honestly he shreds at guitar so we kind of geezer butlered him and told him he's gonna play bass (laughs) and uh you know he was actually super into it he just wanted to play in a band you know he'd he'd done a couple of bands in the past i told him i'm like hey man take this seriously and it'll be a lot of fun so uh that's kind of how that happened so for the longest time it was the four of us and uh we put out uh that demo we put out the crime spree ep put out the king kong bundy ep with that uh we hadn't like put out a full length it was pretty much just like here's five songs here's three songs here's three songs and uh just kind of put them out ourselves uh you know fast forward a little bit longer you know we're picking up a little bit of steam we're playing a lot of shows we're finally getting asked to play shows around town and uh we picked up a couple of shows with terror out of town that Jay kind of hooked us up with and Scott. And uh, so that kind of got us a little bit of traction. Um, That kind of led into us talking to Joey from Irish voodoo records. Um, It kind of goes back into the same, the pissing match regard where Joe Valella is in pissing match he was also in a band, you know, KDC a while back and Irish Voodoo put out, you know, some KDC stuff. So he had already had like a rapport with Joey. Um, Joey at the time wasn't ready to put out pissing match stuff. So he pretty much said, Hey, check out pure heel, you know, and it kind of went from there. Uh, he picked up our stuff and uh, right around that time too, you know, we're picking up steam. Jesse, Moscato hit up Jay and he's like, I want to be in your band. (laughs) And uh, Jay and Jesse had been, Jay's known Jesse since he was 14 years old, he says. So um, I actually introduced Jay and Jesse. Uh, I was trying to do a band back in like 93. And I forget somebody like hooked me up with Jesse. And I took Jay over there because Jay was going to possibly play guitar in this band and then jay started going over there without me (laughs) (laughs) was jesse Jesse playing drums at that time yeah yeah and his like his like idol was uh danny from biohazard and he totally had that style and he was in no joke at the time too but i think no joke like either he was kind of not into it or no joke was coming to an end or maybe both i'm not really sure um but yeah he totally had that like biohazard drum thing going on at the time and uh, yeah, Jay just started going over there without me. Oh man! And uh, that—that's a whole nother story. Like, you know, yeah. he started taking Scott over there, and it was just like, like, what the hell? You're oh. out, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he was trying to get Jesse into Slugfest. Oh yeah, really? what I think he was trying to do, and that's why he was taking Scott there. Mm-hmm. And then, and Scott was kind of over Slugfest at that point, I think. Yeah, but then bad. fast forward, like, ends up in buried alive with him. Yeah. Uh, despair. <laughs> Jesse was in despair. Yeah. 
Dude, I didn't really like despair, so I didn't pay attention. He didn't play on the seventh. He played on the uh, on the full lane. Yeah, I was just about to say he wasn't in everything. Yeah, he's, he played I, on I the full lane. Little things. I catch little oh, things well. I see here and there. You know, I he, every now and then, if we're on a long road trip, I'll, I'll 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 catch him and be able to dig in deep into his archive like that. But yeah, ask him about. Was, I went on tour with Despair like a long time ago, and. He slept in the back window of a van on top of a drum box, like for the whole tour. <laughs> I remember you talking about that. Wearing a no, winter hat it. in the middle of summer. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny because he Jesse. was like, you know where the funniest place I saw him sleeping was? Behind where? the wheel in California when I had to fucking sleep. Driving. That was probably the funniest place. That's when I said, "Pull over, I'm driving," and then. <laughs> Fast forward six hours later, I'm falling asleep at the wheel. So yeah. that's another story. <laughs> so so where did the whole wrestling uh motif come in to play? All right. Uh basically I've been a wrestling mark since I was a little kid. Uh mm-hmm. my dad was into it, his dad was into it. Uh so I remember my grandfather when I was a little kid. He passed away when I was like six or seven, but I remember him talking to me about wrestling. They used to go to the old shows at the odd and stuff. And, you know, that yeah, was man. cool golden age stuff, you know, through the seventies territory stuff. And, uh, my dad watched it. I have two older brothers. He, you know, they were watching it in the eighties. And of course, obviously it transferred into me watching it. You know, I started paying attention sometime in the mid nineties <clears throat> when I was a little kid, right around that sweet transition into the attitude era, uh, so I was real into the WWF and ECW. I was able to catch like late at night, which blew my mind. I was obsessed with ECW. Like Sandman was my favorite. He, he was a monster, Sabu. But basically what it turned into was Jay saw my obsession with wrestling. And uh, he also was a fan of wrestling in the early 80s when he was a kid. Uh, he notoriously says, the second I turned on wrestling is the day Honky Tonk Man aired. He said, that's the day I gave up on wrestling. And uh, so pretty much he has wrestling knowledge from like the late 70s to the Honky Tonk Man. And then I pretty much take over like in the mid to late 80s knowledge and then on. So we kind of keep that going. But basically it turned into like him seeing that I'm a wrestling fan and uh, our love for the early 80s stuff like the Iron Sheik and Roddy Piper and, you know, Snuka, like those guys were badass, you know, and uh, I guess we just figured out a way to turn a hardcore band around like into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't want the, you know, we're not like trying to make the band a wrestling band, you know, mm-hmm. like we're a hardcore band who likes wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of what it boils down to, you know, it, nothing too crazy. It just kind of worked out that way. And uh I love it. He loves it. Everyone in the band loves it. And it's kind of working for us, you know? So uh, how long before you guys have Herba as uh, <laughs> guest vocals on something? Because you know that he's like a huge wrestling guy. Oh, I, I did know that. Um, I'm a, like, I'm an Herba Mark. You know, I like anything that he's in since yeah. I was young. And uh, I, you know, him and I have talked about it and it was a real bummer that, you know, fuck you, pay me broke up because we were talking about wanting to do some shows together, you know, some wrestling mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, him and I had talked about doing a work, like maybe putting me through a table at a show. Something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. So like it was, like it was, it was in 
it was definitely in some works at the shows that we talked about but uh oh man he's always welcome man i love his stuff if he ever if I mean, he's maybe like, wants to do something please let's do it yeah yeah i mean hopefully he'll like figure out what's going on with him and like start up another band or something yeah. uh, but he seems he seems to have put all of that energy into working out yeah he's looking shredded right now <laughs> yeah yeah I'm happy to see that, man. And I know that's probably good. That's probably the best thing for him right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's always welcome to do anything with us. I would love it. Yeah. Bring it on. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> what labels were, what label was the first seven inch on? Uh, everything we did was like a DIY and uh, we put it out through something called, uh, what would they call it? I don't know, Jay and Rob put something together, like just between them to put out the, the record. The yeah. first seven, uh, we just had that Flexi put out. That mm. was on Irish Voodoo Records. Um, that was the first true record label that actually started putting our stuff out. The rest was just, oh, Foreign Object Records. Okay. that was That's what Jay and Rob put together to kind of put out early Purial stuff. Yeah, and is, is there physical copies? Like, is there actual vinyl of that stuff, or is it just like everything? Is, yeah, uh, I have copies of it on CD, and I have like a couple. When Pure Heel first started, I went to some—I forgot what store it was, but like those brown CD slips you can have. Mm-hmm. I bought a bunch yeah, of those yeah. slips, and I printed out a whole bunch of like stickers, like printer stickers and made a whole bunch of diy like uh nice uh demos for people it had a cool insert it had stickers and i labeled them like one to 50 so nice i don't know who has i don't know who has those i gave them out at shows and stuff but that's like that was me doing that and then jay and rob that was us putting out our own cds and everything is kind of digital um our first true like record type of stuff was that flexi that just came out uh yeah with the two singles so yeah yeah talking to speaking of that like i noticed that like the all right, so the earlier stuff obviously has like a hardcore punk angle like you know little angry samoans in there you know a little bit of joe signature joe j signature but i noticed on that latest release the irish voodoo one uh one of the songs almost sounded like a bleed for me song and the other one was obviously pretty to me it was pretty heavily black flag but anybody who knows jay knows his obsession with black flag so that's not really a surprise there really see that Uh, you're you're nowhere near him tattoos are cool but you're nowhere oh he has like 30 flags on his body i think maybe (laughs) dude when we interviewed him the last like 45 minutes of the podcast is just him going on about black flag and greg ginn Oh, don't get me. Oh, I'm just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what were you asking, though? Uh, it just seems that the sound is starting to transition a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. If that's like, if, if that's just kind of how it's just happening, or is that like a purposeful thing? Um, well, I can tell you uh, in terms of the actual written music. A lot of it is like Jay is is kind of the mastermind of Pure Heel. Um, but since we got Jesse into the band, they've been doing a really good job of kind of mashing and butting heads. Uh, they both have two mm-hmm. different styles. You know, Jay 
obviously clearly has a very Gin type of style of guitar mm-hmm. and I love it. And Jesse is like a more of a, he's like a metal type of thrash dude, you know? So those two elements are kind of turning. The band is progressing in that regard, bringing Jesse into it and bringing another sound into it. Um, they kind of have a good job of doing that and they throw a song at me really mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is the song, you know, write something. And right. uh, kind of how it's been going in that regard. You know, I, I don't play instruments that well. I'm going to be the first one to admit it. Um, that's why I'm happy that I, I can do the vocals in the band now. <laughs> so I can't really offer anything in that regard, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, the vocals, were way gritty on the early stuff because I had no clue what I was doing. I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. I was just on time. And <laughs> like Jay was happy with that. And I remember, um, you know, Doug over at Watchmen records everything that we do. He was like shocked. He's like, I, you don't know what you're doing, but at least you're hitting every mark. You know what I mean? Because he's told me mm-hmm. he's had to record guys where he has to like chop it and put it in each way. So um, that's the nice thing about pure eel stuff is we don't really like to do that. So everything you hear is pretty much us just playing and being treat pretty true and trying to have a true, like, like kind of like an, like a late eighties kind of sound in terms of the recording, like true guitars, true drums, nothing too crazy. And, you know, that, that, that kind of tries to stay the same, but I can understand, I guess, it's hard for me to answer that because I've been there the entire time, just hearing it straight through and not really paying attention to the progression. Um, but if you do listen to that demo, it's, it is way different. I know Jay commented to me at practice the other day. He's like, Hey man, you know, you're, it's sounding really good and it's sounding kind of polished. And I was like, Oh, thanks. He's like, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> I took it as a compliment. He's like, no, you're getting too polished. Stop. You're getting too good, man. So I'm, you know, you need to be kinda, shitty like you were. Well, if you listen to that early, like the, the demo stuff and the King Kong Bundy stuff, you know, I'm doing a lot of youth of today type stuff, early ceremony type stuff. Uh, you know, and I was making weird noises and shit, <laughs> you know, just like, rah, rah, just totally ripping off. <laughs> and I'm probably going to go back to that. Like, I miss that stuff. And that's kind of what Jay's saying. He's like, oh, I need to get more gritty. So, uh, you know, they might even change even more. Um, but the, we, you know, we got that new seven inch coming out and it's actually my favorite stuff, you know, is it that, on Irish voodoo? It's going to be coming out on Irish voodoo. It's uh, currently like being pressed right now. So it should be up before the end of the year. Um, you know, it's five new songs and uh, it's going to be a really cool, a really cool kind of way they're putting it together. I'm not going to give up too much because I'm excited to let it see how it comes out. But uh, we put a lot of work into it and we put a lot of work into the actual songs and the recording and like the actual art of the album. I know Mark can speak about the art of the pretty album. because cool. Yeah, he was. It's pretty magical. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Jay and I just like put it together. Uh, I don't know. Beer Wolf. Uh, if you guys know Beer Wolf, of course. Yeah, he, yeah of course course he uh he was awesome we we told him like hey man here's the cover of our demo here's some more pictures of the chic you know he's an awesome artist and he does figure drawing really well so we're like draw some some voodoo type of you know kind of like almost black magic but also like 
you know, just kind of that kind of feel to it. Draws pictures, like worship pictures, if you will. So he kind of did some cool art for the album and, and Mark took some cool pictures. He came over to my house and we had it all set up on like, I had to move my entire kitchen and like put together this thing. <laughs> <for> the- <laughs> it was pretty awesome, man. That was fun. Yeah, and uh, so are are you gonna send like a record to the Iron Sheik and maybe a shirt like to to show uh, him your guys' love? I mean, he seems to be uh, receptive to such things. He seems to be receptive to such things, but he also seems to not in the same way. I'm almost afraid of him catching pure heel, if we're being mm-hmm. honest, because he might just be like, "Why the fuck are you using my likeness to Brony, and why are you paying me?" <laughs> I, I, it's I, true. Be absolutely wrong. And he could just be totally working us on Twitter. You know what I mean? But uh-huh. he seems like the kind of guy to be like, uh, fuck, you pay me too. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to get the money where you can. Hey. Uh, hey but you send him eat. a couple shirts that may cover it. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. I, I actually, I talked to Jay about that too. And he's just kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. He's kind of worried about it too, in a way. But I'm like, dude, what are you going to do? You should be happy that we're so stoked. We fucking, we worship you, man. You know, right. So. I mean, like the worst, the worst thing that happens is he does a cease and desist, and you know those shirts were limited. Like, and that's that. You know. Yeah. 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 Everything's limited. I mean, it's, it's 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 not like the band is called Iron Sheik or anything like that. You know, it's like uh, it's it's yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully, yeah. Those pictures are public domain by this point. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And it's drawings of them anyway, so it doesn't like it's that, yeah. that kills any of the like copyright issues. See, or like trademark I, or whatever. I like having you around, Chris. You understand this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know shit. I know things. You get it. Hell yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm still pretty. Still pretty green in this stuff. So I'll figure. Like I would guys, just like. Oh, sorry. What, I was what gonna. You, I would just send him like a shirt in his size with no return address. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that's a great there idea. it goes. And he might not, he not, might not even understand that it's a band. He's like pure heel. I am a pure heel. Hey, it's me. You know, uh, that's a good point. You know what? If I can track down his address, I'll send him something. I'm sure that yeah. he has a fan PO box. Something. Yeah. I hope so. Oh, He's a jabroni if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> might you guys, uh, you know, piss and mess did that uh, live set. Might you guys do a live set during this time? possibly oh man i would love to do that you know the whole time we were doing that i was like oh man this would be awesome i would love to have pure he'll do something like this yeah um you know that was they did that because they were announcing uh irish voodoo is going to be putting out uh like a double flexi for them like with their old stuff and their new stuff so Mm -hmm. we kind of did put that live thing together and uh that was kind of the announcement I would love to have Pure Heel do that. That that was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, that spot that they practice in is cool. You know, it's yeah. like a cool little warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys could keep going with the wrestling motif and try to get like Andy involved if you guys have a good relationship with him. I don't know where anybody stands these I, days. I, I, he's. I'll tell you what. I was talking to him before he started picking up some steam with you know like AEW and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Goldberg-Gilberg work, but this yeah, is like yeah. a, in the 90s. I told him, I'm like, hey, man, like, I can do a pretty good job of looking like you. <laughs> <laughs> and I can do a pretty good job of looking like a little you. <laughs> so maybe if you ever want to do some sort of work where, like, you know, Andy Williams, 
Gandhi Williams, you know what I mean? I, I'm down. And he was like laughing and he thought it was a great idea. And then like, obviously nothing, nothing came about it. So if he's watching yeah. there, he hears this. Can we please do something? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so. I'll, I mean, I'm just saying it would be great to do like a live stream show, like pissing match did at the end of the show, like butcher and the blade come out and put you through a table or something. <laughs> like, that would be an honor. That would that that would be the way to do it, you know. Like, as a, as a incorporate part, all of that. As a wrestler, yeah, that would make my day. I don't even care. Yeah, and like I mean, it just makes sense. Like you know, like wrestling theme band, Buffalo Boy making a big in the AEW is probably on the TV right now. You know, like it's it's it seems like a, a match made in heaven. But you, you got to get the it, right man to make that work. Yeah, I don't, right. I got to book it. I don't got the right connections, but I'm sure some some of you do. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, everybody everybody depends. It's all about what mood anyone is in. So it's, you know, some days you have that connection. Some days you don't. Yeah. Oh, man. No. Well, I'll hold tight. That's <laughs> yeah. it all you can do. Yeah. Add it to the list. Yeah. So um, have you guys been practicing during this whole thing? So when it was like kind of in the heat of it, mm. it we kind of weren't, uh, you know, it's kind of, it was it's so crazy. Like uh, a week before it shut down, we were on like a mini kind of like the end of a couple of days with like terror and a couple other bands. So yeah. we were in packed rooms, like in Cleveland and Pittsburgh or somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and just, a couple of shows. I'm just thinking to myself, like three days later, the world shut down. Yeah. So we were just all kind of surrounded in that. And we kind of laid low. I wasn't working. No one in the band was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was just kind of hunkered down. Uh, like two months ago or so, we kind of started realizing, like, maybe we can figure out a way to practice. Mm-hmm. So we went down to the practice room. We, I, I'm not going to say we. Jay went down to the practice room. And he literally he cubicled all of our sections off with plastic. Wow. And like we each have, um, we each have like our own little space in the room and no, we're all in our own little space and it's plastic sealing the floor. Mm-hmm. And we all wear masks and we all do our thing and we practice for like an hour and we get out once a week. And, you know, I don't know, you know, it sucks to think like, what's the point of practicing? You know, because when are we ever going to play? Oh, but, man, sharpen, sharpen that sword. Like, keep that iron sharp. I'll tell you, you what. Know, I don't so know that when it part, comes time. I don't know what other bands are doing. I, you know, when we're down there, it, it's a ghost town. We're the only band practicing down there on that day. And there used to be a couple of bands practicing on that day. So, yeah, I don't know what other people are doing. But Pure Heel, we've been staying sharp. We have been writing new songs. You know, we're just trying to stay ahead of the game. And when that day yeah, finally comes um, that we can play, it's like we're going to come out sharp because I'm sure a lot of people are pretty lax on it. You know, I hate to I hate to think it's killing bands. It sucks, but it's just so awful. I'm just glad that we figured out a way to do it, you know, and everyone in the band is super, excuse me, safe about how we handle it. And, uh, you know, we're just stoked to be playing still. And uh like I said, we'll have new stuff, and we it, it, at least we can put out new music on the internet, you know. And uh, we've been trying to stay relevant. I I made that uh, that that Pure Heel uh, merch page. 
the limited run pure heel page. And, uh, you know, I've been selling, you know, merch through that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so people have been pretty good to us through the downtime and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, it, it helps when you have that like hot merch too. I mean, that like Buffalo style oh. iron chic shirt, you know, well, like uh, kind of- the the pure heel blunt shirt like i mean you I know old the mighty taco shirt like come on like you guys got the heat that was my first job i got i got heat with mighty taco uh that's kind of why i made that shirt um i worked there for my first job i ended up walking out that's a story in itself but i ended up as i'm i'm tell drink, it tell the story drinking mighty taco this right is what podcasts are for <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, so what, first, that's what podcasts are for, is to tell the stories. <laughs> my first job ever was Mighty Taco. And it's the Mighty Taco. This one is RIP. This is the one that was on Eggert and Sheridan in the plaza with uh, like where Comp USA used to be or whatever it was. Yeah. Or City. <laughs> and uh, so I was working there, had no drive through. And, uh, you know, I was Mighty like a, Taco was drive through. Well, that's the reason they closed that one down because they wanted every single one to have drive through now. Well, well, they closed down the locations that didn't have a drive through. That's a different story. So, you know, I'm working there. I'm like, you know, I'm like 17 or something. I don't give a shit about this job. And it's like a Friday night or it was a Wednesday night because it was cruise night. I don't know if you know anything about this, but they used to have cruise night Wednesday nights over at uh, the drag strip. And like everyone would leave there and then they would go park their stupid shitty cars in front of my taco and have another car show. <laughs> and it was always these, it was always these shitty Honda Civics where they put more money into the body and more money into it. The more money you put in these cars, the slower they went. Anyway, yeah. these dudes love tacos. I always told the boss, I was like, listen, I know I'm a stupid kid, but every Wednesday night is this car show down there and they always come here. I think, you know, make sure you got people working never listen to me one of these Wednesday nights comes through lying out the door he's getting all pissed at me I'm taking orders trying to do everything he's being a complete shitbag to me and I just laughed at him and I just walked out I just walked out and I said good luck buddy and he had to do everything himself and I got put on the black ball list at Mighty Taco the do not hire ever again (laughs) Uh, I think you'll be all right Uh, I think I'll be all right yeah, I you worked know, at the one on um, Forest. I don't know if that one is still there or not by Elmwood. It is not. No. Yeah, I worked there yeah. in like 94 or something. And when I worked there, like a bunch of people from Syracuse, it was the night of the Snapcase Donut show. And like Snapcase Donuts and a bunch of people from Syracuse came in and they all got the like vegan version of it. And I had to explain to everyone that worked there what veganism was. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like, it, it was lost on them. Like completely. Was lost that a, that was that a, I remember Jay telling me like sometime in the nineties or maybe did the beans end up having like bacon in them or something at some point And my taco didn't have a vegetarian option for a while. You know, anything uh, about- I, they, well, they were re- they were refried beans, and I think that they were like like the beans you buy in a can that have the like the little bit of pork or whatever in them. Yeah, like there was no actual like the the vegan option was like lettuce on the in the burrito. Yeah, like that was it. And the vegetarian option was cheese in the burrito. I mean, they do have a 
they do have a finger quote vegan option at Mighty Taco. The reason I say finger quote is I worked there and I know how disgustingly sloppy the top of that counter gets. And there's, yeah. just, there's no, there's no way. So if yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting cross contamination totally. At that point, you're just fighting the good fight. Like I appreciate yeah. that. No. But like, I don't know, it's, you know, Mighty Taco was always the place that every band would stop at when they came through. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was The Promise, Mark, help me out on this, that did the short, the tour shirt with all the places they ate at in every city instead of the club. <laughs> That's a, and I don't remember Buffalo that, was Mighty Taco. Yeah, I don't remember that. I think it was, I think it was The Promise. Busky, if you uh, listen to this episode, uh, let us know. That sounds like something Pure Heel could rip off. <laughs> totally. You know, we're huge fans of eating on the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's way more creative than whatever, like, crappy club. Unless it's, like, a really cool club and the place doesn't exist anymore. Like, that's kind of cool. But really, like, you know, like, food places are way better. Oh, man, just being able to be, you know, what Pissing Match would call world's worst merch guy. Being able to be world's <sighs> worst merch guy and be in Pure Heel has been able to get me to eat all over the country now. And now just yeah. thinking... Like I got favorite food spots all over the country in cities that we had. So I'm really hoping a lot of those places stayed open during all this shit. You know what I mean? I haven't checked in to see if they're still there, but hopefully yeah. one day hit the road again, they'll still be there. Yeah. Well, you know, if this, if this uh, vaccine, if this vaccine goes through, it'll be sooner than later. Yeah. I miss bombers a lot in Albany. That place, like we would get burritos and it's like this big and we'd get two of them and it'd be enough for four days. <laughs> you know what else I miss a lot too is sheets. I love sheets. It's just so shitty. But like, I nah, just man, Wawa, Wawa is better. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I ever even had Wawa, so I can't really complain. But can you put tater tots in your burrito, at Wawa? No, that I'll okay. give you. You cannot. Well, that should pretty much seal the deal right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's something I need to consider, and I may need to visit a sheets and uh, make the final determination on this. All right, I'll visit a Wawa and we'll check in later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when people can actually cross state lines. Oh, one day. Yeah. Oh my god. I know it, it's crazy. Our, you know, one of the guys at work had a what his he's from Wisconsin and he went to go to his sister's wedding and he's been at home for the past two and a half weeks healthy because you know he's had to do the quarantine stuff and right. Crazy, you know. I understand trying to keep everyone at home and everything, but. You know, if you're hitting negative after negative test, you shouldn't still have to, you know. So for people that don't know, tell us where you work, because then I have questions about that and uh, what's currently going on. Uh, I work at Cowpoke Tattoo in, in Williamsville, New York. Okay. And, so, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's about it. <laughs> uh, so you're just saying that a guy that, that works there is quarantined for the two weeks. So you just got back. Tell yeah. Me, yeah. Tell me about like what COVID protocols you guys are doing there at the tattoo shop. Cause I feel like not every tattoo shop is doing everything, but it sounds like you guys definitely are. I know for a fact, not every tattoo shop is doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? And it, it is slightly scary. It's more of me seeing it, you know, from an outsider you know, but I can say from our, from Cowpoke's point of view, we are notoriously like working with the health department to make sure that they know what's going on, that we know what's going on. 
Um, and that we're kind of like a little voice to them, like what's going on in the tattoo world, you know, the owners shops, you know, Dustin and Keith, you know, cowpoke and divine machine tattoo. Those are two huge shops in the same breath of Buffalo. They both work closely with the health department. So the nice thing about working here is I'm never afraid, you know, I'm never have to hide anything. Basically what we got going on is, you know, we're only allowing, I, I can only speak for the, the tattoo side. I don't, the piercing side is, has their own thing going on, but it's very similar. Um, since we got back to work, I've been kind of, I come in for my appointments and leave. They kind of do their, their stuff um, just to try and keep less bodies in the shop. Um, but basically what's going on is we take one person, one appointment, excuse me. They're not allowed to bring anybody. They got to wear a mask. Um, they got to fill out a questionnaire, you know, classic tattoo protocol paperwork, but I've added a bunch of COVID related questions asking if they've been out of town, if they've been around anybody test, you know, you yeah. know, classic. Questions Are you guys everyone... doing temperature checks? Oh yeah. I was going to get to that. We're doing temperature checks. Um, and if they pass all of that, you know, it's pretty much that's, that's what we do. I'm fully masked up, you know, uh, clients masked up i'm not i personally am not tattooing any like neck hands or i'm sorry not hands neck or face or head i'm not trying to get it near anyone's face so not even really too much chest either it's like i'm trying to yeah, limit yeah. the arms and legs i know jay's Has, doing a lot jay's doing a lot of what he's doing a lot of the same we're running kind of yeah. the same here. so uh have any tattoo shops closed for good because of this uh yes i believe yeah a couple of tattoo shops have closed um i don't though a couple of the the ones that have closed it's like i don't really know much about them you know Mm -hmm. they probably closed and they're probably going to open under a different name with the same people um so many dude there's so many tattoo shops now around town oh i know it's hard to kind of keep up with what's going on um you know if you talk to Jay, he's been doing it so long now that he's just like, you know, when we were in the phone book, we were the first one in the phone book and there was like eight in the phone book and that was it. Yeah. I mean, he, he started at American skin art and when, when American skin art, even before he worked there, when American skin art was going, there was only like three or four in the phone book, like American skin art, uh, uh, that Mark dude whose shop was like in a biker shop. And I forget what the name of the shop was. Um, there was like a woman on that one on Delaware, Bizarro. There was there was less yeah, than six Sarro, shops in right? uh, in the book. Yeah, I yeah. See, I try and you know, I, I I do frown on myself for not knowing as much Buffalo tattoo history as I should. Like I know, you know, like two thousand and on from Jay kind of filling me in a lot. But when it gets to be, you know, before two thousands, it's like I was a kid and I was a little kid. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, in the late but, 80s, like the late I, 80s, it was Don out of his house, and then Don yeah. opened up Nickel City in like 98 or 99. Even Don was uh, house in the house ni- in the 90s. I think Jay got tattooed at his house. Yeah, I'm saying like 98, 99 is when he yeah. opened Nickel City. Okay. Um, and then uh, like Dead Ed Walker, who owns American Skin Art, he started, I forget, uh, I forget where the place was, but it was just off of Delaware. And then he worked at Masaro's for a long time. Then he opened up 
skin art and um carl from carl's he was at uh uh bizarro's and then skin art and then opened up his place basically what i knew was like yeah my dad got tattooed at skin art so i'm gonna get tattooed Mm -hmm. art that's pretty much how that was there was there was a little while there like in the mid to late 90s where skin art was the place to go oh yeah yeah. and then don opened up nickel city and a couple of the skin art people dipped in nickel city well, yeah, it was like Don and like what Cheapy was probably there, and uh, Dirk, yeah, well, Dirk went from Skinner to there, and then Cheapy Crash, I think Crash went there. Like they jumped ship and went to Nickel City. I think Cheapy might still be at Nickel City. Oh, uh, he is. I think yeah, he's been there the whole time, pretty much. Yeah, he's right? like yeah. Well, I think like is Bob still at Skinner? Did he open his own place again? I could be wrong, but I think he was at a place on the boulevard now that's doing their own thing. I don't know too much about oh, it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I know Bob tried to open a place in Williamsville and it didn't work out. I was, about to, I was actually going to say that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that because that was like right around the time I was, like right before I turned 18. And Williams, it was over by like, I don't know how long you've been out of town for, but do you remember 20 where? 20 years. Like, uh, well, you know that plaza like on transit? No, yeah. not transit. It was at Sheridan over by like Wegmans over there. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I think it was like half of a t- like a t-shirt shop and like half of a yeah a tattoo shop, if I remember correctly. That was that was big at the time, the like tattoo t-shirt shop, okay. and okay. Uh, it was I think it was part of a um like a chain or something. Yeah, and uh and then that didn't work out because I remember hearing that when Cowpoke was going to open up in Williamsville, it was like, yeah, that's not going to work. A tattoo shop has never happened in Williamsville. Oh, dude. It and was, then however many years here you are or what was, you know, I think June next June will be like our sixth year here. Yeah. And it's actually pretty, you know, from what I hear, I don't know much about it. You know, I could be absolutely wrong. I don't think I am, but I think it was tough for them to open this shop here. They had to jump through fucking hurdles. Oh, yeah. I'm sure and like, they're like, this is how it's got to be. You can't have this big of a sign. You can't paint your windows. You can't do any of this. You know, it's like, like, dude, yeah. we just open up a tattoo shop by a shop that's been established for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, we're just trying to help our clients here. And they finally yeah. got, and you know, they were dicks to us. And now there's fucking two other shops down the street from us who probably yeah, didn't see what you did. Same hurdles, you know? So, yeah. Well, you, whatever. you know, Cowpoke opened the door, and uh, that was that. One day we'll discuss the history of Cowpoke, but I don't know that people really want to hear that on here. <laughs> uh, do you know it though? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know it. Yeah, you so, probably even know it better than. Can I let me? Can I ask? I'll let me ask you this. I'll tell you what I think it is, and just tell me if it's right. All right. I believe Cowpoke was two different names. It was Cow something and Poke Me or something. So it was like a piercing yeah, shop it was, and a, it was, a clothing yeah. store and a shop. Cow Pie. The original shop was Cow Pie um, okay. off of Elmwood. I forget where it was off of Elmwood, but it was a, a little like boutique. I think it was actually, and, I think it was the old Sunday. I don't know what the Sunday is. Uh, at the Potomac and Elmwood, it used to be. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, hear from. What's that? From what I hear from Cowpoke Legend, you know what I mean. Yeah, and then Paul Paul Bierker, the guy who owned Poke, uh, owned uh, Cow Pie, 
for some reason he had a thing for cows. I don't, I don't know what it was. <laughs> and he, he was a jeweler. He actually, he makes like high end jewelry now. Okay. Um, but he was a jeweler and he, he started making his own piercing jewelry under poke me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when he opened up a second place that was going to be dedicated to piercing, that was cow poke. Okay. That's why the, the poke is like P O K with the umlauts. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and that was, a, that oh, was across boy. the street. It was, uh, um, where that, um, there's, uh, like, a a weird secondhand sneaker clothing shop. Yep. Oh yeah. I bought that. I that's bought. where it was. I bought a few shoes from them. Yeah. Last time I was in Buffalo, I checked it out and I lived in the apartment behind it. And, uh, I actually lived with Paul for like a month or two oh. And they lived, him and a couple other guys lived in, uh, you know, like a little bit down Elmwood, there's that house with the weird kind of overhang. Like, like it, it would normally oh. be like a carport, but it's not really. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking they, about. They lived in that apartment. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then when I moved into the apartment in that building, um, I had, I was like the, if anything happened to Cowpoke, I was the guy they would call because I was right there. But I never actually worked there, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and then, and then Paul, Paul wanted to get a tattooer in there for a long time, and he actually wanted to approach Mike Ski about tattooing in there, but he didn't have any like way to really do it because he wanted to have like a straight edge tattooer in there because he didn't want to deal with anybody with like any kind of issues. And at yeah. the time, a lot of or a fair number of tattooers had some kind of issue. Uh, yeah, man, it's that's uh. That's a pretty kind, you know, when you get a lot of money yeah. in your one day, you know, it mm-hmm. tends to be fucking habits, you know? So yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And, and he did well with Cowpoke, and then he sold it to uh, Pinhead uh, Keith. Yeah. Who still owns it. And then yeah, he moved yeah. across the street and it's been there for like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, he did great with it. Like he, uh, he did a really good job. I mean, he expanded the brand and like moved into a market that no one thought would work. Oh man, I gotta say, like working for Keith and Dustin is like, I couldn't see myself working for anybody else. They're the best bosses I could ever have. Like they know how to run a business. They know how mm-hmm. to take care of their employees. I'm never worried about anything. Like I've worked at other shops where the doors could fucking close tomorrow and the owner could just run out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's I, same- yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And, you know, it's like, uh, one of those times it almost did happen. You know what I mean? So it's like working for these people. I love it. And this, you know, for instance, Keith took us all to Mexico, like a year and a half, two years ago in November. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty classy establishment. And so uh, he's like, he's like kind of giving back to you guys instead of just living out of your pockets. Oh yeah, man. Like, you know, it's notoriously an owner of a shop is just getting money hand over fist from four other tattooers. Mm -hmm. And then he's yeah. kind of falls, you know, I'm, I'm just, this is just what I see, you know, the, the owner of the shop just kind of falls back and just starts taking money. And then the shop just falls apart, you know, Yeah, it's not going to happen here. You know, he's super involved with everything and I love it, man. It's great. It's good. Yeah. And I get to work with Jay every day. Imagine working with Jay <laughs> and going to band practice and then being on the road with him. <laughs> you're like, you're like Jay's other wife. 
Oh my God, dude. I brought, he, he sees me more than Mel probably because before COVID we were on the road together tattooing. And if we weren't doing that, we were on the road with pure healer pissing match. And if we weren't doing that, we were practicing or working six days a week together for eight hours. I, mean, I hope that at least Mel likes you. Oh, I got to Oh <laughs> yeah, she does. I hope so. <laughs> I would yeah, hope so we have no. I have a really good uh, relationship with Jay's. Uh, pretty much his whole family, uh, his kids. I adore them. You know, they're they're super cute. And um, recently, his one daughter got super into The Simpsons. And if anyone knows anything about me, I'm obsessed with The Simpsons. So <laughs> to hear that, it's like I keep sending her episodes to watch and stuff. And uh, you know, his his mom, I get along with. I watch her dog when she's out of town, and she gives me plants and stuff. So. Yeah, everything's really good. You'd think working next to somebody, you'd get sick of them. And I've worked with other people, and I don't ever want to see them again in my life. You know what I mean? Hey, I see him yep. more than family, and I still want to hang out with him outside of that. You know, so that's how I know. That's kind of how I know Pure Heels works out pretty well, you know, because Jay and I are such good friends. Joey and I were good that close, too, before we brought him in. You know, Rob, we're all getting so close, and it's, it's like – uh I've been in other bands where you want to cut the guy's throat. Jay's been in other bands. <laughs> Louie has held grudges for 20 years, you know, so. Uh, try 30. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a different man now though. No, he like, really is. Like when, when we did his episode, I was really nervous that he was just going to start talking shit about anyone and everyone. And uh, he, he didn't have anything negative to say about anyone. I was, I was so impressed. Yeah. He, he's, I even try and get it out of him. He doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> so it's like me. He makes me feel like a jerk for. for <laughs> I told him, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'll hold grudges for like ten more years and then just do what you did and get over it. <laughs> Whatever. I got a couple more years left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much just living his fucking life. <laughs> Here we are. I got like eight more years of grudges, and then hopefully I'll be just like a happy man. <laughs> you'll be fine yeah we'll see but yeah alright I think we're that we can end it there what do you think okay. yeah. yeah yeah you good with that you got anything to add Any anyone you want to shout out anything you want to point out anyone you want to say people should check out uh yeah I want to Pretty much anyone that listens to Pure Heal, I'm super stoked on. Thank you for that because, you know, we make the music and people are digging it and they've been buying our merch and buying our records and we super appreciate it. So anyone that's into us or listening to this, I love you. And you're <laughs> keeping me, you're keeping us sane and you're keeping us happy during all of this shit, you know. Um, you know, if you're going to follow anybody outside of Pure Heal, I would say check out Pissing Match. You know, they're pretty much our tag team champions, if you will. You know, <laughs> there'd be no pure heel. You know, check out Cowpoke. You know, if anyone listening to this is into cool tattoos by cool guys in the music industry, you know, doing music stuff, we could do that. Or honestly, this company sells really cool jewelry and stuff. So anyone into high-end jewelry or plugs, Cowpoke does online stuff now, and that's kind of been getting them through, you know, the COVID stuff too. So cowpoke. There's, there's still a cowpoke on um on Elmwood, right? Yeah, there's one on Elmwood and North and this one in Williamsville is on Main Street, right across the street from Glen Falls. 
Yeah, that's where my daughter got her ears pierced at the one on uh, Elmwood. Oh, very cool. The the Elmwood one still has that big weirdo cow mural that Cheapy did, right? Excuse me, yeah. Actually, yeah, and we just made pins of that. I'll have to send one to you if you want. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love sending this shit in the mail, buddy. (laughs) It's great. I got the stickers right here. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. If anyone wants any of my cool Pure Heel or Air Max stickers, I'll send them out. Just hit me up. Yeah, on I, I got the I got the uh, the new infrareds today. What? With the synthetic leather. Man, I was gonna pick those up, but I bought three other pairs this week, and I am really trying to. I'm really trying to limit myself. I did. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done for a while. Yesterday in the mail, I got a pair of Tokyo mazes that I've wanted for you know a little bit now, and this. Nice. Hey. I accidentally, I'll call it an accident. I, I won a bit on eBay, so I got a pair of snakeskin Air Maxes coming too. But yeah, I got a real, I got a real problem, man. I got a real problem buying shoes. That's my hobby. Hey, if you if you can afford it, you know you're fine. If you can't afford it, then you have a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to sell off half my collection. So if anybody's trying to buy Adidas, <laughs> trying to sell off all my Adidas, all size eleven. So most of them are brand new and never worn. I'm just a Nike guy. <laughs> yeah, man. That's my All shout. About it. Buy my buy my shoes. <laughs> so I can buy more shoes. Yeah, buy the shoes to facilitate buying more shoes. <laughs> buy shoes so I can buy more shoes off Chris Wyatt. You should. Yeah. <laughs> are your feet gonna grow? Because I got a ton of twelves. Oh man, no, I need. Um, Dude, set up a Depop. They'll, you'll sell them. On actually, there. I did just set up a Depop actually this week. So if anyone wants to check it out, Depop is a uh, Doey Ramon. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just find me on there, and I'm selling shoes and shit. I might sell Excellent. some. I might sell shirts and shit too. But whatever. It's, it's yeah, great hey, for thanks everything. For, thanks for talking to me, guys. It was super fun. Yeah. I mean, thanks for being on. Both of you guys are great. I hope. Uh, I hope uh, we can see each other soon. You know, I miss going to show, miss seeing you at the shop and stuff. So who the hell knows, man? Yeah. Maybe one day I can tattoo you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, We'll just make sure that no cars hit any buildings, you know. Oh, my God. That's a. (laughs) So real quick, tell that story and then we'll cut it out. I was going to say, give me time to tell that story. Yeah, tell that story. Basically, that story, I was on my, I was going to the Philly tattoo convention and uh, I was going to get tattooed at 76, was it 76 tattoo at the time? Yeah, 76, yeah. I was going to get tattooed at 76. How many tattoos do you have by him, by the way? So him being Dave Steele, we love you, Dave Steele. Uh, oh lot. yeah, I'm sorry. There I'm, was I'm a little a while, idiot. <laughs> there's there's a little while there where I was because I lived with him for a minute too. Okay. So I would just go all the time and get tattooed by him. So I've got like little tiny things, and like we're in the middle of doing my back. If he listens to this, I wonder if he's going to remember this story because it was me oh, and will. all right. So it was me and Dan Whippy. You know Dan. Yeah. So yeah. Dan Whippy and myself drove from Philly up to Bethlehem to get tattooed by steel. And he was getting tattooed. We were checking out the shop and the town was kind of neat and cool. And I was like, fuck it. I'll get tattooed. And I had just paid off my Harley. I bought off of Mike Dudick who tattoos at, 
at the other cowpoke. And uh, shout out like, to Mike Dudick. Mike Dudick, follow him. He does cool stuff. He did my whole stomach. And uh, I finally paid off and gave him the money, and I finally had a Harley. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna get a Harley tattoo. And who better to do a Harley tattoo than Dave Steele? So I asked him to do, you know, the one. But instead, mm-hmm. I put Lone Wolf underneath it because I'm a fucking nerd. So we're doing, we're doing the tattoo, and that shop was pretty cool. It was really small. It's like, it's like almost the size of like a coffee house. You know what I mean? And the whole front is just all windows, and it's a little shop, like what would look like a central Pennsylvania type of town. Not a lot of traffic, which is what makes this very weird. So he's like on a corner, and mind you, there's like two or three cars come by an hour. He's tattooing me. We're fucking, he's pulling a line. All of a sudden, all we hear is bam. I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? So Dave's tattooing me. He hears bam. I'm like, what the fuck? I jump and we just look and there's a fucking SUV that just slammed into the building. So immediately both get up. I'm like, there's no, we got to go check this out. We get up. We just see some dude like looking around and like fucking books it out of there. His car is all busted up in the front. It's all fucked up. He, there's like broken glass and shit, and he just left. No one knows what the fuck happened. No one cares. There's just a fucking mark on the building, and this dude's car is trashed. We, fin- <laughs> we finished the tattoo, but like forever, it's like there's this little spot in the tattoo where I know like that's where I jumped and I fucked yeah. up the tattoo. Well, not fucked up. There's like one little spot, and it's because I jumped because the car hit the fucking building, and I love it. Because forever, I'm going to associate that spot with like that story, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, you know, I would have loved to have gotten tattooed there again, but I think he's out in California now. Yeah, he's in California. He's been there for like a minute now, so like I don't know when I'm going to get my back finished. Uh, when I would come to Buffalo, I would go to Erie and we would bang pieces out of it, but now I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Well, I don't. It'll. These things, these things tend to link up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll all work itself out. But yeah, uh, yeah Dave Steele, tons tons of stories. Dave Steele, and that's a good story. I hate getting tattooed too. So like that made it so much better. I was fucking miserable. I hate getting tattooed. It's worse. It I always like gets worse. I know you have way more of coverage than I do, and I just imagine every year that goes by, it fucking sucks. And I just booked an appointment. I've been lasering my arm for about five and a half, six years now. And uh, I'm finally ready to get it. If you look at any of those pictures that Mark took of me, it's that fucking octopus. And whenever he's taking pictures, I always forget to hold the microphone in my left hand because I fucking, <laughs> I fucking, I absolutely hate this fucking tattoo. And I've just been lasering it forever. And every picture of me ever is just like, oh, there's that octopus tattoo he fucking hates. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> and, uh, so now I finally just booked an appointment to, to do a cover-up sleeve on it, so I'm really stoked about that. But Ooh, I who's fucking doing it? Uh, Chris Lombardi. Who got at, and, uh, at what? Oh, HRD. I'm just fucking... I'm, I'm not looking forward to it because I hate getting tattooed. And I, I'm, I've been, I, I got tattooed by him once, like fucking like almost 15 years ago, and it was like this big. And I'm afraid to just act like a baby around him because he doesn't know me that well. And that's why I let Jay tattoo me so much because right. You know, you I can know. get like Dr. Numb or something. Oh, I know. I, I 
please. I don't or, get it. Or you I don't can get just tattooed. suck it off and sit through it like okay. somebody who gets tattooed. Well, here's like, how you want to be you want to be a tattooed dude, you sit through it. Sure, yeah. And I I'm I've sat through so many hours getting tattooed. Now the way I see it, hey, if the doctor can be in, let's let him see some client. <laughs> the doctor's in. But here's the thing. 50% of the time it works for fucking 20 minutes. And everyone is going to be like, oh, he's not doing it right. But I'm absolutely doing it right. And I'm letting it sit for fucking four hours after yeah, shaving my life. I totally do it wrong every time. So I just stopped. Yeah, every time you came in, I was like, that's not, uh, not going to work. Yeah, buddy. it's not how it works. It clearly doesn't work that way. Yeah, I always did it wrong. So I just stopped. If, if you shave the area like three and a half, four hours before and take a hot shower, lather it on, let it sit for like half an hour. And then like lather it on a lot more and then saran wrap it and let it sit for like two, three hours. Like the one time I got my shin tattooed, I didn't feel it until like the last five minutes. And that was, yeah, no, I would like, Oh, I'm getting tattooed in five minutes. Let me slap this stuff on. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) It worked. But if you rub it, you kind of rub it into a tattoo. You've been working for like an hour and like, yeah, I noticed like that it all, the last time I used it with, it was with Jay. I noticed that towards the end, it wasn't as bad as it was in the beginning, but not the normal, like you get into a, a certain groove. It was like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah. If, if anything, using that stuff, it's like just gradually, it just, it, it numbs it at first and then it's just gradually getting into it. You know, you never, you're never going to win. And if you want to get tattooed, you got to fucking suffer through it. And anyone that says that tattoos don't hurt, I'm calling you out right now. That's absolute bullshit. They fucking hurt. Don't be a tough guy. I always tell Jay, quantity over quality, baby. This shit will settle in in a couple of years. Just fucking get it in. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's why I'm afraid to get tattooed by someone who doesn't know me. And it's like getting my whole arm probably lined at once. I just got to be like, a, oh, I'm no, <laughs> dreading it. But it'll be worth it. You know, it's going to be great. Just years of lasering, finally seeing something happen. My fear was I would just go like blow it. You know what I mean? But I'm real excited. I finally took took the time to to research who I want to do it. So I never did that shit. I always just got tattooed real quick, especially when I was younger. I would just get tattooed by whoever the fuck would tattoo me. You know, yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing. And now, like, I'm pickier. But now that I have, like, such limited space, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm starting to do that, too. I'm getting pretty picky with, with who I let tattoo me and where I put stuff and how big it is. Yeah. because. I'm kind of running out of room in a way. And uh, I, and the same thing. I just don't really want to get tattooed anymore. I hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> I love having them. I love having them, but it sucks. You know, you know. <laughs> yep. Yes, I do. All right. And on that, we'll wrap it up. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for being on. It was a good oh, time. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. I hope to see you guys soon. See ya. Mark gave a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya.